Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, Quigs. So I have attached a link into the top of the sheet this week. That links to a tweet from one Eli Manning, who is a guy who I absolutely loathed a few years back, but have come to uh, enjoy for what he is. A little, I love a him goofy, now. Yeah, I really enjoy him now. So Eli Manning posted a photo on twitter.com.org.ca.musk the other day, and I saw this and I was like, this has to be one of the most bizarre assemblies of people in one photo that I have ever seen. Have you seen this photo before this moment? I did not see this photo until tonight. Okay. So if you could tell the people who is in this photo that Eli Manning put out there. All right. So starting from left to right. And you know what? No, starting from right to left. Because it just gets weirder and weirder. I think right is the most relevant to yeah. this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's the relevancy scale goes from like 10 to absolute zero at the further left you get. So on the right, starting on the right, we have Henrik Lundqvist, famed NHL goalie, Hall of Fame goaltender, and noted be- beautiful man. And all the people in this tweet, or all the people in this picture, Henrik's the only one who got text in the tweet. Eli Manning said, gosh, Henrik's hair is so good, which it's yeah. true. There are two other people in this in this photo, and... Only Henrik got any comments. So, okay, okay, so we got Henrik Lundqvist on the right. Then next to Henrik Lundqvist is Eli Manning, who presumably had someone take the photo of this foursome. And then he proceeded to post it on Twitter and only acknowledge uh, Henrik Lundqvist. So only Henrik. He, only Henrik. Is, he's the only one that, that matters. Um, and goddamn, I have, to, I have to acknowledge his drip in this photo he's he dresses exceptionally well that Henrik Lundqvist the man is he's just a sharp dressed man he's a you know he knows what he he knows what's going on and that's he won't give away his barber they have asked on TNT repeatedly I believe uh yeah Paul Bissonette has asked for his barber and Henrik Lundqvist rightfully refuses to divulge that secret the man could dress he's a handsome man despite what broad street hockey might have published many years ago <laughs> i was gonna reference being. that yeah a handsome man. <laughs> he ever since that that uh that story i have always i can't stop looking at his uneven hairline mm, like it is I mean, very the, very wow holy shit level the, the hairline might be a little uneven but the actual flow is just magnificent so oh, it's, it's great. like yeah. it, it counterbalances right there yeah okay so it's it's also by the way it's just a quick side note on calling henrik lundquist handsome and how society has kind of evolved in the past 10 years it's great that now we can just say that's a handsome man as opposed to like the qualifiers from like 10, 15 years ago, I think this is more of a 15 year ago thing than a 10 years ago thing, where it was like a little bit of homophobia with guys who are like, hey, listen, 
I'm not like that, but that's a handsome man. Like, I, no I more qualifiers, them. no more of that bullshit. That's a handsome man. And we can just say that and we can just feel comfortable. And there's a whole spectrum out there for people to enjoy. I calls him like I sees him, Steve, and that is a handsome man. And I'll be honest with you, I would, I'd, uh, I'd kiss him. I'd give him a kiss. You would? I'd give him a smooch. Yeah, sure. Big old smooch. Yeah, why not? Big old smooch. Why not? Just yeah. right on the cheek. Okay. Um, okay. So on the right. So we got, we, we got, got Henry Lundquist. And we got Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Next to Eli Manning, of all people, is the one, the only, Steve Buscemi. How do you Steve do, fellow Buscemi. kids? How do you do, fellow kids? Which I got to reference in the Slack channel earlier today, or I think Ryan Gilbert referenced it to me because I am going back to school in the fall. I'm going to grad school, which is uh, terrifying. But What are you uh, uh, studying? I'm getting my MBA, which I'm not, you know, it's an opportunity to get it, so I'm getting it. Yeah. Me, Mr. Businessman. Everybody who listens to this podcast, like, this is the guy who fucking knows business, right? Listen, people don't know this, but you've wheeled and dealed behind the scenes, Steve. This podcast is a money-making machine. Yeah, I'm just smoking Macanudos and wearing pinstripe shirts. And I know Henrik Lundqvist Barber, okay? That's how rich I am. Yeah. You actually go there. You get get haircuts with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, we sit, you know, we, next we smoke our stogies next to each other and, and sip the finest scotches and, and all of that. But no, Steve Buscemi is the next person up in this photo. So we have Henrik Lundqvist, Eli Manning, and Steve Buscemi, uh, noted firefighter and great actor, Steve Buscemi of How Do You Do Fellow Kids. Uh, what, what do you think? What's your number one Steve Buscemi thing that you think of? Like, I think there's three things that come to mind for me. How Do You Do Fellow Kids? Shut the fuck up, Donnie, from The Big Lebowski. And I think I think of Happy Gilmore when he's he's putting the lipstick on and crossing out names oh, yeah. on his, like, going to kill list. He's like, oh, I'm happy. Not Happy I Gilmore, Billy that. Madison, Billy Madison. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, it's actually funny you mention that because I think of Mr. Deeds, Crazy Eyes, when he plays, like, that okay. random... Guy who's like, oh, spaghetti and gumballs on his... Like, that's his favorite pizza topping is spaghetti and gumballs. Right, right. <laughs> um, really fucking weird. But uh, honestly, the number one thing I think of when I think of Steve Buscemi, and I know this is sappy, I, I legit think about how on nine, after 9-11, he said, screw this, I'm going to like New York to help out with the fire department. And like he was rich and famous. He did not have to do that, but he did it. He's just an awesome dude. Like he just seems like a great, great guy. He really does. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we got Lundquist. We got the King. We got Eli. We got Buscemi. And who's the last guy in this photo here? The one, the only Steve, Bill Clinton. Bill, Bill fucking Clinton is in is this in the photo, photo next to Steve Buscemi. What what an assembly of people in this photo. I can't think of a weirder like foursome to have in a photo. Now this had to have been in New York. This photo only this in New had York. To have been am taken I right? In New York City. I don't know why else these four people would be together in one room. Like if this photo was taken in like I don't know Fort Lauderdale, I'd be like, get the hell out of here. There's no way. But like, if you told me that this photo <laughs> was indeed in Miami, taken Ohio. in New York City, yeah, if this photo is indeed taken in New York City, I can get it because like, 
Henrik Lundqvist, the Rangers, Eli Manning, the Giants, Steve Buscemi, New York firefighter, Bill Clinton, former president. He goes to New York. That's what he does. He's a hell, he's a New York guy. So I uh, I get it. Arkansas by way of New York. Yeah, by way of New York. He, I feel like he's a big New York fella. He looks like he frequents the city, given he, he's his been to the given his status yeah, he, as a former president. He's been to the rat capital of the U.S. a few times. Yeah, I'd say probably once or twice. Once or twice, you know. That's the home of the rat czar. Yeah. Our friend but, the rat not allowed to visit New York City anymore because of uh, the anti-rat policies. But yeah, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I, I just, I love how weird and random this entire photo is. I can't even imagine what that conversation was like. You know what it reminds me of? And I know we've referenced this many times on this pod, but it reminds me of that Team USA women's soccer team Olympics or World Cup or whatever it was. <laughs> photo where it's just a bunch of random people with the u.s women's national team and it's like iron man's in it will smith um like random lebron james everyone who's american who's even slightly notable is in that photo and i'm like what is going on that's the number one question i don't think he was honestly the mayor i don't know you know that that's why it was just a, a travesty because the mayor of flavortown wasn't involved no, no, it's garbage. Yeah, just absolute trash. Yeah, but that's that's how I I saw this photo and I'm like, we need to talk about this on the show. It absolutely has to happen. And as we start the show, the second game in the Florida Panthers Toronto Maple Leafs series has just ended with the Florida Panthers coming out on top. So the first two games in Toronto in the second round, Toronto makes it out finally. They beat out the Tampa Bay Lightning and. The Florida Panthers take the first two games in the second round from Toronto in Toronto. And both games on home ice, by the way, both games in Toronto. Ouch. Now, granted, we have seen teams come back from a two nothing deficit many times before. The Devils just did it against the Rangers and they were in the same situation. They lost both their first two games at home. Then they turned right around and beat the Rangers both times at MSG. And then they win the series in Game 7. Handily. They absolutely owned them in Game 7. There's an interesting thing going on with the Florida Panthers right now, though. And that seems to be the resurgence of one, Sergei Bobrovsky, that you do not care for the Quigster, but I, you know, my ultimate flyer should have kept is Sergei Bobrovsky. And he has been very much blind for that huge contract that he absolutely has not lived up to, to this point. But, you know, with the past few games that he's played, he might be finally starting to live up to that contract. He could be. I mean, he's, he's certainly playing well right now, but my question with him is how long will this last? Because that's always the question people ask with him. Sure. But the thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is, as long as it lasts for a couple more weeks, that's all that matters. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Well, they always talk about the hot goalie, man. And if Bob is the hot goalie right now and the Panthers are clicking like Matthew Kachuk's looking good, you know, like they've got Barkov, who's one of the best two way centers in the game. I, that's a team that really could be a threat. And with they eliminated the best team in the league, maybe ever, the Boston Bruins, a team that you said they could do. You said they could win that series. And I said, no, nah, that's not happening. I was very, very wrong, along with the entire city of Boston. So I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of a believer now. 
One thing I want to say that may, and this is the whole reason the Florida Panthers are, are even where they are. And it's because they have Radko Gudas on the back end. Of course. Now, I just saw the team celebrating after the win. Everyone's getting off the ice, walking down the tunnel to the locker room. Guess who's standing at the door to the bench, giving everybody high fives and hugs as they head to the locker room? That's right. Dadko Gudas is right there, dapping everyone up, saying, good game, boys. Good game, boys. That dad energy cannot be underestimated, okay? It's number one in the keys to the game is dad energy. The man grows an impeccable beard. He's one of the dirtiest hitters there is. He apparently gets chided for sitting on people. But you know what? (laughs) The man brings the vibes. Who was it that... (laughs) Who was it that impregnated Radko Gouda's sister? I don't know this story. You don't know this? No. One of his Flyers teammates got his girlfriend pregnant. Oh, wow. Hold on. Hold on. I have to... All right. I have to, like dig this back up because I forgot about it for a bit. And it was Michael Neuvert. Michael Neuvert? Michael Neuvert. I oh, think the man is, was not good at stopping stuff. I think he's I think he's married to Radko Gouda's sister. And they Hachi, have a child Machi. together. I, I th- uh, wait, let's see. Yeah, yeah, here it is. On the 29th of May, 2018, Neuvert married Czech musician Carolina Gudasova, the sister of former Philadelphia Flyers teammate Radko Gudas. He and Carolina have two children together. Is Radko Gudas' last name Gudasova? That's a terrific question. Let's see. I'm going to Google that. I'm learning a lot today. Radko Gudas. I just typed in Radko Dudas, which is like... Hey, Dudas. Dudas. So he's only known as Gudas. Like, I was wondering if it was... Do you remember when Nick Grossman came out and said, Oh, yeah, I actually have two N's on my my last name. Oh, yeah. After years of misspelling it. (laughs) Why didn't you say something sooner? It was a real, like, like, Parks and Rec situation with Jerry, where it's like, his name was Gary, but they'd just been calling him Jerry so long that... And he never said anything. Yeah, it's like uh, it's the same thing in Minnesota with Gerald Mayhew when he was a member of the uh, the Wild. Everyone called him Jerry Mayhew, which is I guess how it's pronounced. But like half the Minnesota Wild fan base called him Gary Mayhew, and it was really confusing for a little while. Gary Gergich Mayhew over there, mayhem. Oh, I miss that guy. He was fun for a hot minute. I wonder what he's up to now. Let's see what he's doing. We're just looking up random. Random players now. Let's see. Memories. As if we don't have enough former Flyers to follow in the playoffs. I mean, we have a couple storylines going right now. There is there a flyer stake in every series? I don't know if there is one in Knights Oilers, but like Leafs Panthers, you have Radko Gudis. And Kane's Devils, you've got Shane Gostas Bear. And Stars Kraken, you obviously have Dave fucking Hackstall. That's true. Yeah. What else we got? I don't know if Knights Oilers has uh, an ex-Flyer connection there, though. Well, I mean, Nolan Patrick is technically on the Golden Knights. <laughs> so, that, you know, honestly, technically, for this exercise, that this exercise accounts. All right, good. So there is there is a former Flyer connection of some sort in every series here. And 
so before we get really into the nitty gritty, you, you want to hear something too. wild real quick? Oh yeah, I Nolan get, Patrick on me, is Nolan Patrick is twenty four. What? Isn't that wild? That that's some weird wild stuff right there, my friend. Holy crap! Like, isn't DeAndre Swift to the Eagles just traded for over the weekend? Twenty four. I I think so. Like <laughs> Nolan Patrick still. Like, why in my mind do I think he's not even 21 yet? Because he came into the NHL right away, but then he's also... Wait, you don't think he's 21 yet? I, I feel like the opposite. I feel like I feel like he's like 27, 28, because he came into the NHL right away and has been like... He's like Sean Couturier, where it feels like Sean Couturier should be 45 years old, but he's only 31 because he came to the NHL like immediately and it was just he's been in our lives forever a decade of Sean Couturier yeah like I don't know like to me it's I guess I've just always seen him as this young kid and now that You're he's talking like about 24, Nolan Patrick like right now right yeah and it's like still like 24 is still you're basically a young kid but at the same time it's like damn he's 24 like yeah well, it's also that baby face, right? Like there yeah. is, there's like, there's not really much on that face to age him. Yeah, no, there's not. And I don't not know. I you've like seen it recently. I when was the last time you saw Nolan Patrick before today? No, all right, so Nolan Patrick has not played a game this season. He played in twenty five games last season and got seven points. I can't remember the last time I saw him. Like I really can't. I don't know. Is he even under contract technically? Let me see. Hold I have on. no idea. I'm going to find out right now. Nolan Patrick. Let's go to Cap Friendly. God, I love Cap Friendly. It's the best. I don't know the names of the dudes who like made it, but. I would just be the most devastated person on earth if Cap Friendly ever did. I wouldn't even be. Actually, I say I'd be the most devastated person, but there are people who rely on it way more than I do on a daily basis. So it looks like Nolan Patrick will be a um, arbitration eligible RFA this summer. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> could you imagine if he comes out and he's just like, "I deserve a raise." And imagine like, if no. that went to a hearing. Yeah, really. I'm just imagining like a real old fashioned like Southern judge. I'm thinking a real like my cousin Vinny type judge going like, "Why are you wasting my time?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he turns 25 in September, and he will be a arbitration-eligible restricted free agent this summer. And it's the uh, it sounds like he's just done. Like he's not he's yeah. not playing. It's just game. It, it sucks, man. It sucks. What a talented, talented young guy, and all the issues he's had. It just sucks. You hate to see it. Yeah. I just remember his rookie year, like his very first season. He looked like a player who could really develop into something. And especially towards like that lat that second half when he started like put things yeah. together. The man had some silky mitts. He could make a pass. Yeah. It sucks. It's really, yeah, it's tough. It also tough. real quick, unrelated. I just want to say this is a, like in terms of a uniform matchup, stars Kraken is gorgeous. It's a pretty good one. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. A lot of green going on here. Well, the Kraken aren't green. They're blue. 
Yeah, I guess so. It's like a, kind of a light blue, baby blue. Yeah, well, I guess maybe I thought maybe there was a bit more aqua in there, but yeah, it's a. I I'm not quite. I like the matchup color uniform wise, but it's not my fave. What's your favorite one? Well, I don't know about I. The current matchups aren't great with that. Like this one might be the best of the current ones. Devils Hurricanes is terrible. Is, yeah, and no, it's not good. It's not good. It's a lot of black and red, and yeah. that's one area where the Devils do much better than the Canes. <laughs> not yeah, so much I in agree. Game One, which Carolina won five to one, and it was never close. And I loved every second of it. We'll get more on that later. And Knights Oilers is. Yeah, we've talked about the Knights unis. The Golden Knights uniforms are absolutely true. Like, I get it. You're the Golden Knights. I love very cool. But my God, they had like very good, like their first uniforms were really, really good. And they just tossed them into the trash and said, nah, we don't need these. We need something terrible to be our (laughs) uniforms. I will say their away uniforms are great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So I like the Kraken's unis. Um, The stars are okay. I I wouldn't call them great, but they're okay. I just don't like the Stars' new logo. It's not good. Yeah, I'm not. Like, a fan. I know what they're going for, but much like with the loathed Dallas Cowboys or the Comboys, if you're in Scotland, the <laughs> it, the star itself is just great simplicity. Having yeah. the D in there, and I get why they want it in there. You know, big D and all that, but. The star itself is enough. There's no other team. Like, the Blue Jackets might have a star in the background, but who gives a shit? I'll tell you what. The Stars Winter Classic uniforms were chef's kiss amazing. I wish they went with those as, like, their full-time as like their full-time uniforms, and I wish that logo was their full-time logo, because I thought that was yeah. terrific. Even though I think it said... Like, if you look at it, I think it says, like, STD or something like that. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I thought it looked great. The Dallas Stars have quite a history of uniforms just having unfortunate connotations there, like the STD. or Everybody knows about the old Mooderus. Oh, the Mooderus. Wow. One of the most yeah, infamous was... jerseys of all time. It was most certainly something. But just, stars, I'm, right? looking, yeah. I'm looking at this this Winter Classic sweater again, and I'm like, God damn, dude, it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's but I so guess as, as far as – it is very Texas. And that's what – I like when they embrace that stuff. Like, I, that's why I'm a big fan of the Predators, because the Predators have just embraced the Nashville in so many ways with their unis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm just a big fan of that sweater for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. So before we get fully, I want to talk a lot about the current matchups in the second round, but I wanted to just go back, rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the first round stuff. So first off, Bruins upset, huge, huge story. Like I am still stunned that they couldn't close it out against Florida. Not one person saw Florida winning that series. Like last week yeah. we were just talking about like, oh yeah, the Bruins are going to win in six. Like no doubt, not even close. And they didn't, they blew it. They were winning game seven. What was it? It was four, three. And then they lose five, four, I think is what the final score was. 
Right, because, well, they came back, and they were down early in that game. I think they were yeah. down 2 nothing to start that game, and then they came back, and they had the lead late, and then Florida tied it up, and they lost it OT, and I, it was awesome, and it was really, the Jack Edwards call, and that was fucking hysterical. Oh, it was so Just, funny. Such a salty motherfucker there, and it was amazing. Just a real chef's kiss ending to that series, but... It was a team that was set up to go the distance. They changed goalies in Game 7, which is just a terrible, terrible overreaction. Well, apparently, it sounds like Linus Allmark may have had something that was, like, really hindering him. Is that right? Okay. Well, because he, uh, he was phenomenal in the regular season. Like, he really, I mean, he might end up winning and... Yeah, like, he wasn't the same guy. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, like they said, after the game, they asked him in the media scrum, like, is something wrong? Like, were you hurt? And he's just like, yes and no. And then they're like, has this been bothering you for a while? And he's like, mm, yes and no. And it's oh, like, hockey okay, players so. hate to admit that. Hate yeah. to admit any sort of just, like, their leg could be falling off. And they'd be like, that's a flesh wound. Yeah, I remember one year the Flyers went to the playoffs and Wayne Simmons played with, like, Something cr- like punctured lung, amputated arm, like some crazy <sighs> shit. Like, I don't know what. Oh, what it was always that was always Mike Richards. They would get out of the playoffs. They would get eliminated. And then Mike Richards would have like 16 surgeries the next day because his body was just falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do that. It's crazy. They're warriors. Yeah. But even with all that, like, because Jeremy Swayman is still a very, very good option for that team going into that. And the team was set up so that really the goaltender shouldn't have been the issue, but I'll give credit where credit's due. Bobrovsky really did bring it in those last few games. Like he really was a difference maker. And also just, I mean, like if you think about that game where Brad Marchand could have ended it at the very end with that breakaway and didn't do it. Like this, and that huge difference maker right there changed everything. Yeah. Changed everything. Yeah. And this team, I mean, the Bruins were a team that were set up to go the distance that had the players, they had everything set up for it and they just didn't execute. They just didn't get it done. It makes me wonder, you know, I I know Bergeron was definitely playing hurt. Um, You know, Krejci, I think he was out for a couple games. Some of the older guys, I think they, they might've been playing hurt too. And, and you they know, don't you bounce back the... from the injuries as well. Like David Posternock no. can still be really effective because he's young and can bounce back from that stuff easily. But these other guys, I mean, there's a reason that Krejci and Bergeron are guys that are talking about retirement every year. I mean, Krejci came out of retirement for this. Bergeron very nearly retired last offseason. So their bodies just aren't handling it like they used to. And, you know, it's a shame. Well, Krejci, Krejci didn't necessarily retire. He just went to Europe. And then he was he like... Went to Europe, but... Like, yeah, I guess I the thing is, NHL, like, right. But like, he's also not to say he went there for like lesser competition or anything, but it's it's not the same pace as the NHL. It's not the same level of competition yeah, as the NHL. It's different. And well, he is getting up there. And regardless, like the older guys, just your body just doesn't recover as well unless you're a freak of nature like Tom Brady out there and you know, I, I still am questioning how he does that, but it's neither here nor there. Unless you're a freak of nature like that, like 
your body is going to break down more and more. And it gets hard to, especially in the NHL, which is a grueling 82 game season. And then the playoffs are just such a grind. It's, it's hard to just be in shape for that at the end of the season and to, to go through that entire grind of the postseason. Yeah, it's a lot. And that that's what makes the Tampa Bay Lightning so impressive. Like, I know they got knocked out in the first round, but like, dude, <laughs> the fact that they made it to the, it, what, it was uh, three straight years in the Stanley Cup final. And I, I just, I don't know how they, how any of their players were still going, you know, like after yeah. such a long run, postseason run for three straight years, like, and they were fighting, they gave it everything they had against Toronto. Like, it's amazing that that series didn't go, honestly, to like seven games. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I thought... Tampa was, I just think that's crazy. The conditioning on some of those players who go deep every year. It really is. It's, it's so impressive. And to talk about that Toronto Tampa Bay series, in your opinion, what was it that Toronto was able to do this year that got them over the hump that got them that playoff series win? I, this is kind of a cop out answer, but I think that there was just so much urgency in their game to win that series. Like, they knew, like, if we don't win this, so much is going to go down. Like, players are going to get traded. Dubas is not going to be brought back. Like, a lot of things, like, who knows? Sheldon Keefe could have been fired. Like, a bunch of stuff could have happened if they didn't win that series. And I feel like they have gained a lot of experience the last few years losing in the first round every year. And the fact that they kind of suffered those losses almost turned out as a good thing. For this, I feel like they were just like, oh, well, we don't want what happened last year to happen again. So I don't know. I feel like a lot went into it. And I, I honestly, I think one of the big things for them was just simply, I think they just knew they had to. And they did. And also, I think they were just, uh, and this kind of harkens back to what I was talking about in Tampa. I think Tampa might have just been a little tired, maybe, because it's not like their well, they're core getting older, man. Getting like, younger. Yeah. Yeah, they, they have an older core as well. And I, I think you're seeing that a lot with these more exhausted teams in the first round versus this younger, hungrier talent. And also, like, looking at the Leafs-Panthers matchup here, these are two teams that have a lot of bitter tastes in their mouth. I mean, the Panthers are mostly the same team. You know, you change out Huberto for Kachuk, and you don't have, like, Claude Giroux. But for the most part, the Panthers are the same team as last year. And I think both these teams really remembered how it felt to lose last year and hated that feeling and used that as motivation this year. True or false, Steve? Is Matthew Kachuk a top five player in the NHL? That's a tough question. I, I, I truly don't know the answer to that, but I don't, I'm going to say false, but I don't think he's that far off. He had 109 points in 79 games this year. 40 goals, 69 really nice assists. Nice. He well, single-handedly, see. he put like without Matthew Kachuk, the there's no way the Panthers are are beating Boston, which is like obvious, but like he did you see the video of him after game 5? I don't think I did see that. He basically said um or I can't I can't remember which game it was, but he the Panthers were in the locker room after they, I think it was game five. 
He was like, get used to this room, boys. We're going to be back here for seven. And then they were. And then they won. And it was the reason they won was because Matthew Kachuk put his fat ass in front of Jeremy Swayman and, and screened him. Yeah. Like, he's just one of those guys who walks the walk and talks the talk at the same time. You talk intangibles with these kind of players, too, and having a guy with that attitude to bring your team over the top. And I know it's one of those things that, like, is a little bit of an eye roller, something that's certainly a little overrated. But between the fact that Kachuk is a fucking great hockey player and he's got that attitude, that really might be a factor. If the Panthers go all the way this year, I think you have to look at the fact that they subbed in Kachuk for Huberdo and Kachuk, you know, the numbers are not that far off as far as like what they did with the Panthers. Huberdo had a great year last season for the Florida Panthers, but you know, Kachuk's just like that much brasher, that much more in your face and that much more confident. And that confidence is infectious with this kind of team. He is absolutely like captain material in my opinion. Um, cause he feels like, kind of like someone who isn't afraid to call people out if they need to be called out. Um, and some people aren't like that. And he, I feel like he's just the perfect guy that you would want in the locker room. And we talk all the time about like, you know, perfect flyerish non-flyers. He is number one on the list by far. I would do very, very many illegal things to get him in a Philadelphia Flyers uniform or Brady, either one. Both, both of them get both, both Kachuk three. brothers. Both is, it's not going to happen. Florida's going to keep him forever. Yeah, and oh yeah, Ottawa. and Ottawa's going to keep uh, Brady forever too, as they but should, like, as they absolutely should. So to go back to your question though, is he a top five player? I still don't know about that because McDavid's number one with a bullet. You know, Drysaddle's no up, up there. Pasternak, another phenomenal year. He's just he's amazing. You would have uh, Pasta over Kachuk. Yeah. I don't know. Why not? I feel like Pasta... I feel like he doesn't have those intangible things that we talk about with Brady. Yeah, but that that, that dude scores goals like crazy. I mean, so does Matthew Kachuk. He had 40 goals. Yeah, but Pasternak had 61. Yeah. And that's good. That's a twenty. That's, really that's a twenty goal difference. He was number two in the league. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Pasternak's but... an amazing pure goal scorer. I would have Pasternak over Kachuk. I would. I would have Pasternak. I have Nathan McKinnon in my top five. I might have Kale McCarr in my top five too. Okay. All right. Hey, listen. We can have different opinions in this fact. And I like. I wouldn't put Pasta. Opinions. I'll be honest. I would take. I think I would take Kachuk over Pasta. I really do. Now, if we're going, if we're doing like a draft for who we go. That's an interesting question. But if we're talking like legit top five talents, I think I'd have him top five talent wise over him. But if we're going with like a draft of players we want on the team, that's a more interesting question to me. Well, I guess that's kind of like if we're building, well, you're asking me top five player and I took that literally. And I think David Posternock is a top five player, but if we're talking like you're building a team from scratch, right. And we did a mock draft, like who I would take first. So Connor McDavid would go number one. Well, yeah. So why would he go not in the top five as a top five? Like, if I ask you if he's a top five player, 
Well, why wouldn't he be in that conversation? But he would be in the conversation if it's a draft. Because I think David Pasternak's a more talented hockey player. So why wouldn't you take him over Kachuk in the draft then? Because intangibles are a different matter for the draft. Building a locker room okay. is different than if you can get a guy who can put your team over the top with comparable skill. Uh, so, like, if you're sacrificing some goals for, like, hits and braggadocio, that's a factor, right? Yeah, but let's also not... But if we're talking straight-up talent, I think Pasternak's straight-up more talented. Not that Matthew Kachuk's not talented, I just think he's more like 7 or 8, as opposed to Pasternak, who I think is top-five guy. I don't know. Because I say, Kachuk has done some crazy skilled shit. Like, between the legs goals, and I th- didn't he get a Michigan? I th- I know he tried. I know he tried in the playoffs. I don't know. I think there's a real case to be made that Kachuk is a top five player in the entire NHL right now. You can make your case for that, but uh, he wasn't top five in points, I'll say that much. He was close. He was six. Yeah. yeah. He was six, but Pasternak was number up- three, and he, had, he was second in goals. I don't know. I have Pasternak in my top five. You have Kachuk in your top five. That's cool. Pasternak for me is one of the best, like pure goal scorers I've seen. Every time he plays the Flyers, I feel like he's going to score 60 goals. Oh, I know. (laughs) Whenever the Flyers are playing the Bruins, it's like Pasta's just like, all right, tonight's the night. Here we go. But I think, I think it's an interesting conversation. I think he's up there. Do you have, so just to round out your top five, do you have McKinnon in your top five? Yes. To me, it's probably um, McDavid, uh, McKinnon. Uh, who else? Who am I forgetting? Well, you have Kachuk in your top five. Kachuk most definitely in my top five. Drysdale in my top five. And then Pasta in my top five. <laughs> uh, so all, all of that. Are, he but I would put Kachuk, I would I I would take Kachuk over Pasta though. So what I'm saying is Kachuk to me is a top four player. Okay. I I I feel like that's slightly high, but I'm willing to be proven wrong on that. So here's the interesting question. Nikita Kucherov, despite everything, was tied for third in the league with points, with 113 yeah. still. And we didn't mention him for top five for either of us. Kucherov, what, how yeah, are we still sleeping we? <laughs> on Nikita Kucherov, despite the fact that he's been one of the best players in the league forever at this point? I don't know. Size I back. Feel like, I feel like, I don't know. I keep going back to the intangibles thing. And I sound the like guy's a champ, man. dude. The guy is I, a champ. He is. He's a two-time champ. And he's, he's, he's won more championships than any of the other guys we've mentioned. Kachuk hasn't won shit to this point. And McDavid doesn't want anything. Mc, McKinnon has. I am. Um, this is why I don't like to set like a strict top five because I like I, I, but it's an interesting conversation. Like I think it's all fun. Guys, I love conversations like this. And also, where do you put McCarr? Do you put McCarr in your top 10? Cause I know defensemen, it's a little harder to kind of put them in there, but like Kale McCarr now granted this year wasn't his best, but last year, like a historic year from him. Yeah. Like if, if we're talking about last year's Kale McCarr, he's definitely, we're talking about just the player. We're talking about the overall player, you know? Yeah. Like I, this year's Kale McCarr is top 10, but not top five. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, I can go with that. I can go with that. Interesting question there. But guess what? The matter, the fact of the matter is, you could talk about Pasternak or Kachuk all day. One of them sitting at home right now, and one of them is still in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Up two nothing, two wins in Toronto. Unbelievable. We thought the Panthers would be at golfing already, and they are not. They are still on the ice. And talked about a lot about the Colorado and talked a lot about the Colorado Avalanche just now, and they're also golfing. They are out after, you know, a very impressive Stanley Cup win last year. Long season, as we said. And the upstart Seattle Kraken came in and took care of business against them. Dave Haxtall windsurfed his way to victory against the Avalanche. Doesn't Dave Haxtall kind of look like Willem Dafoe when he has a little, that goatee? It's like Willem Dafoe's reasonable brother. Willem Dafoe's reasonable windsurfing brother. Like he... (laughs) Just, wakeboarding, he, excuse me, wakeboarding. Is it? I thought it was windsurfing. I thought it was wakeboarding. That's eh, all, you know, who gives a shit? Yeah, he, yeah, it's all the same thing. Basically. He just calls him up and he's like, Dave, I need advice on my taxes. <laughs> well, That's you know, dead. you want to you wanna file this by April 15th. At- Thank yeah. you, Dave. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so Don't tell this- Harry. There's this movie coming out. I can't remember what it's called, but it's some movie about like this little town where there's like aliens or something and it's got Margot Robbie. It's got like a bunch of people. Um, and apparently Willem Dafoe's in it. And like, I saw like a, the trailer for the movie on YouTube and it was like, Willem Dafoe's credited, but he's not in the trailer. I can guarantee you he plays an alien. <laughs> oh, almost undoubtedly. He has to be the alien in the movie. Willem Dafoe is 67 years old and he still says yes to every batshit insane role. And unlike Nick Cage, Nick Cage says yes to some of the shittiest movies you've ever seen in your life. Willem Dafoe says yes to all of the fun big pictures out there. Yeah. Like he's just constantly playing the craziest motherfucker in every big movie. And I adore the man. I need to see one. There's a trailer where one like where he's trying to pull like a heist in this rich guy's condo and he gets like trapped in the condo. I need to see this. That sounds wild. It does. And it sounds extra wow. Willem dafoe because I think he's like the only actor really in the movie. So he just gets to go fucking nuts the entire time. You know, Steve, I'm something of an actor myself. You know, I'm something of an actor myself. Don't tell Harry. <laughs> Love him. What a prince. What a prince that Green Goblin is in our life. A real beauty, let me tell you. But the Colorado Avalanche... They're sitting at home. And w- what an interesting series. That was that a was. hard segue. It was a hard segue. Well, I wanted to get back to hockey because I could talk yeah. about Willem Dafoe for 14 straight days. Okay. <laughs> and I'll just keep saying, don't tell Harry. But I love to say it. It's great. I love the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. But going back to the Avalanche. So it was an upset, but not quite as shocking as the Bruins because, you know, Colorado was tired. Ton of injuries on that team. Seattle is a team that's not really like... They don't have a ton of big names that really make you go, wow, oh, wow. But they they're were a team that played though. a good, they're deep, had a good system. Dave Haxtall, Charlie had a really good tweet about Haxtall the other day where he's like, you know, these guys can, like the, the storyline with Haxtall isn't, he was bad for, or he was like secretly good for the Flyers with bad players. Like, no, he was bad for the Flyers. He just learned how to be a better coach in his next job. Right. Yeah. And Flyers fans are going to resent him for it, like undoubtedly. Well, we resent but, everything. 
Yeah, they're going to hate him forever because they're going to be like, why weren't you like this in Philly? And then, I don't know. But coaches learn. Coaches learn just like players do. Sometimes Especially first... younger ones. Like, Dave Haxtell's not, you know. He's not an old guy. He's not an old guy, especially in coaching standards. Yeah, like, I mean, by, by coaching standards, he's like a fresh-faced youngster. He's a wakeboarder. He's like 30 years old, basically. Like, I thought it was he's Whatever it was. Like, he's a young youngish coach and i don't know like good for him you know he figured it out and he's all of a sudden coaching one of the best teams in the nhl which is wild to say weird and i remember we slammed we slammed the kraken when they hired hackstall we thought they were so dumb and it's turning out to be a really good idea (laughs) it's it really is you know what though Good for them, and I really, like, Seattle's crowd was so goddamn loud for their first couple playoff games. I really love it. I love how much that team has been embraced by the city already, and it's just cool to see. I have no idea what took the NHL so long to get there. I mean, well, the arena situation was pretty much it, but, like, man, they should have been there a long, long time ago. That is – it's a hockey town, like – I know, well, I shouldn't say that because, like, the Seahawks are, like, kind of their their big thing there. But, like, they can be a very good hockey town. Seattle just strikes me as a city that would really, really jump on the back of their hockey team. And they have from all indications. They absolutely have. It's, it's great to see. I'm glad to see them succeeding. And they had a wild game one with the Dallas Stars where Joe Pavelski came back, had four goals. Yeah. And they lost the goddamn game. The Kraken just hung in there. And actually, it, it was crazy because Pavelski, I think, had two goals for the the Stars like pretty early. And then the Kraken just went on a spree at the end of the first period and put up four in the first period. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Pavelski came back, tied up the game late, and then the Kraken won an OT. Like, a, a wild game. Who scored the OT winner? I can't remember. For the... Los Kraken. Let's, I'll look remember. it up for you. Here's a weird thing, though. Like, So, game one of the Stars series, Joe Pavelski immediately comes back and scores four goals. Game one of the Oilers-Knights series, Leon Dreisaitl immediately comes in and scores four goals. It was so weird. Like, two guys lost. scoring four goals. Yeah, both teams lost. Like, what are the odds of that happening in the same round in the same year? I tweeted about it this morning, and I said that the NHL's writers are just getting real lazy with the writers' strike out there. I know, yeah, they're just—that's weird. How weird is that? Both Western Conference games had star players for score four goals and lose. Like that's what? It doesn't make any how, sense. Like how often does a player score four goals in the playoffs anyway? Right. The fact that it happened twice in one night and both of them lost. That's bizarre. Well, two nights, two nights. It was over two nights. Or excuse me, excuse me, yeah. But, but still, like both, back-to-back nights, that's that's weird. I guess both. what I mean to say is like both series game one. Right, right. Yanni Gord, by the way, was the Kraken game one. That's right. Yanni. There's another good flyer. He'd be a He'd be a great flyer. Yeah, that's a weird name. It's Yanni, Yanni Gord. Gord season. <laughs> Decorative Yanni Gord season. One other series I wanted to talk about in round one, and that would be, oh, this is a real shame, let me tell you. The New York Rangers lost to the New Jersey Devils in seven, <laughs> and 
despite the fact that Jacob Truba decided that it was hunting season on Timo Meyer with oh. just a ridiculous hit, a very upsetting hit. I was triggered by this hit because it reminded me very say. much of noted war criminal Scott Stevens <laughs> out there because like it was a legal hit by all, you know, by the NHL rule book. This Truba hit was very, very legal, but everybody fucking knows that's a dirty ass hit from him. He pretty much started up his charge from the other end of the ice and okay. Yeah. He accidentally hit the face. Uh-huh. Okay. That's this guy. Was, and that was the principal point of contact too. Like yeah. he was going for it, man. He wanted to knock Meyer the fuck out of that game. It was an upsetting hit to me. And again, I fully acknowledged it was a legal hit, but I don't know for a, a sport that talks about being serious about concussions. I don't buy that. They're serious about concussions. If they're not trying to limit this stuff. I mean, I'm surprised that that call, I'm surprised that wasn't called for at the very least a major penalty, you know, like that just like given the result with Meyer getting presumably a concussion. I don't know how he doesn't get a concussion out of it. Didn't he play last night? He came. He came back the on the bench that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, there. I'm sorry. There's no way he didn't have a con- concussion from that. He well, you know, out. that's sports for you, where they're just like, well, hey, he said he's good. He was out, and I just don't know how they can even insist that he didn't have a concussion. But like, the thing to me is like. I'm I'm truly amazed that there was no penalty came out of that shot or that hit. Yeah, that was bad. It was real bad. It was real bad. He just completely now, granted, annihilated. He kept his he kept his elbow in. He didn't jump or anything like that. Yeah, and people but, will like, people will say that Meyer had his head down, which is again he did the old blaming the victim that the NHL's always done since at least the Eric Lindros days, if not earlier, because that was yeah. always, oh, Lindros had his head down. Oh, so he deserved to get annihilated into next Tuesday. I see how it is. But the thing with, like, his hit wasn't, like, the Lindros hit was hit was late. The hit on... Um, oh, it was actually perfectly timed. Truba had this hit perfectly timed. Like, yeah. he had the puck. It was a this very was a well-timed hit, hit. He just he was just fucking wrecking ball style on him. Like that was all it was. And it, it, it was upsetting, but again, it was legal. Uh, it's just, man, I, I would have hate to have seen Meyer get knocked out for the playoffs on something like that. And that was clearly a frustration one. Cause the Rangers weren't in that game. The devils no. kicked their ass in that game. And again, they were frustrated. I, I'm very much rooting for the devils to lose, but you know what? For one night, it was really nice to see the Rangers lose because fuck the Rangers, especially after trying to buy, you know, every big, like, you know, older name with Tarasenko and Kane. Ah, oh, seeing them lose after all that was fantastic. It, it was very funny. Like, I remember seeing on Twitter, a lot of Rangers fans were just like, oh, my God, we're going to, you know, they were unbelievably hype after getting Kane and Tarasenko and it's just kind of funny that, I mean, Kane was one of the worst players on the team. He stunk. Who he wants to really spend bad. money on that this offseason? Is he? I don't know what's going to happen with him. Because he looked very washed. And he already said he doesn't want to go back to Chicago because they're rebuilding and he's not interested in that. Like, what contender wants this? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's, 
maybe it's a situation of he just needs a full year with the team to develop uh, chemistry or whatever, or just, I don't know, get himself into it. But yeah, what a weird, yeah, that was not good. Kane looked bad. Real shame. Real tragic. Tarasenko looked okay, though. Tarasenko's good. I would take a flyer on Tarasenko if my team was competitive and wanted a piece, but like... Yeah, it's not yeah. this team. And no, no. I want young bodies. <laughs> not this one. Young bodies and speed is all I want for the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. That's that's all I care about. But yeah, real real shame to see the Rangers lose that series. Just tragic, let me tell you. So that brings us back to the second round. And one of the most fascinating things about the teams left is all the big dogs were pretty much eliminated. So nobody has won the cup in a while. It's been a while since somebody won the goddamn cup here. Carolina last won it in 2006 okay it has been a real fucking long time since any of these teams won the cup and that's really really refreshing it has been and um i don't know i think i just love seeing a new team win it every year like i never had a problem with tampa you know being a regular in the final because i like tampa but like i do like to see a different winner every year so like for example last year i was rooting for colorado because I like Colorado, and it's not that I had anything against Tampa. It's just like I want to see it changed up a little bit. So I'm glad that this year we're guaranteed to have a new champion. Yeah, I love that. It has been, you know, because Tampa was in there a few years, and I like seeing Colorado up there. But, you know, they had their time. Uh, I'm glad to see somebody else in the mix. So with all that in mind, what is your rooting order for the rest of the playoffs? Like who... From one to eight, who are you most interested? I already have mine written down here, so I can go through mine while you think of yours. But my number one is Carolina, actually. And part of that is that I put five bucks down on Carolina preseason to win the cup. So Steve wins a nice 75 bucks if the Carolina Hurricanes win, which is nice for me. But I also want Shane Gostaspare to rub it in the Flyers' face. I like Rod the Bod. So I'm totally cool with the Carolina Hurricanes taking it to the house. So I think for me, oof. for me, I think it comes down. It's so hard to rank them. I, I honestly, I can't rank them because I don't feel any certain way about one team more than I do the, another oh, one. There's a couple that I feel a real certain way about. I, I'll i start with the ones that I would like to see win the cup. Yeah. Because I, it's very clear who I want to win the cup and who I don't want to win the cup. So the teams that I want to win the cup are... Carolina, Seattle, Florida, and Toronto. Okay, so you're pro-Toronto because I know a lot of people out there really love the Leafs' misery because that's one thing as the Flyers fan that we can still take solace in is that the Leafs fan base is as miserable, if not more so, than we are. Yeah, but like the misery would have only been funny if they lost in the first round again. Mm. Like... Now that they've won a series, like they'd still be sad and miserable, but they, it wouldn't be nearly as bad as it could have been. Oh, see, I think the dagger will be very funny no matter where it falls. And it f- will be funny, but like it's not like it would be peak dagger. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? So I think at this point, like Toronto, and I think they have a really good shot at going. I'm going to say this. I think even though they're down 2 nothing right now, I think they still have a shot at going the all the way. They probably have the most talented overall roster 
of all the playoff teams at this point. I mean, you could argue Edmonton might also, but looking at the Leafs scoring death, you have Austin Matthews. By the way, where is Austin Matthews rank in your top whatever? Is he in your top 10? Top 10. Yeah, he's got to be a top 10 guy. He's one of the most exciting players. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't put him top five right now either, but I think he's top ten. So, I mean, you've got Matthews, you've got Marner, you've got Nylander, you've got Tavares. Like, you have some really, really talented guys on the Leafs. So, they have one of the most talented rosters. And it would be interesting to see how far they can go, but they have the same problems the Leafs have had for years now with the defense and goaltending. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like... I just think it would be cool to see them kind of get there because, like... You know what the Leafs kind of remind – like, the Leafs fan base reminds me a little bit of the Eagles fan base when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. I feel like Charlie's made this comparison before, too, because, like, if anybody's as passionate about football as Philadelphia, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs fan base about hockey. They look the same. Like, they – it just reminds me, because, like, when they won that first series, seeing them dancing in the streets and shit, I was like, oh, my God, this is like when the Eagles won, like – the NFC championship, you know, the party would be insane. The party. I can't would even be... imagine what it would be like if they win the Stanley Cup. Well, and what's great, you know, it's been so long since a Canadian team won the cup, let alone they had two dogs in the race at this point. Right. Like when was the last one? The Habs in 92, I want to say. I think it was 92. It's been... John LeClaire was a Montreal Canadian. Been a while. And Eric Desjardins, like a real, real fucking long time ago. Patrick Waugh. Like, these were the names that were on the Montreal Canadiens roster the last time they won. Any Canadian team won a Stanley Cup. So it would be a nationwide celebration if the Leafs took it home. It might be for the Oilers too, but more so for the Leafs. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I think the much. Leafs have more of a an overall Canadian, you know, feel to it. They're the more uniting and also hated team up there, but I think it, they're kind of like almost the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL in that regard, where there's just like a very large, you know, fan base for just this team. Their logo is a maple leaf. Like they're the most Canadian team there could possibly be. It's true. So It's true. Somehow they're more Canadian than a team called the Canadians. Somehow. Uh, yeah, because they spelled with the E at the end. You know, it's stupid. Come on. Why are you doing that? French. French. You know, from a guy named Jaco. Can you believe it? Yeah. So I've got Carolina, Seattle, Vegas, the Panthers. It's like my top here. Vegas, I, I, they've been spoiled since day one. So I don't necessarily know how much I like having them up there. But I do find it very funny if Jack Eichel wins the cup and Buffalo has to see that. It's kind of funny to me. Uh, Seattle's a great story. I really like that fan base. I love what they've done early with that. I don't think they're winning the cup, but I think I'm interested to see how far they can go and I'm rooting for them. And then the Panthers, in some regards, it feels like a waste to have the Florida Panthers succeed. But you know what? I, I enjoy watching that team. I like Kachuk. I like Barkov a lot and I like Sergei Bobrovsky. So I'm cool with them. The Dallas Stars, Dallas sucks. And it cannot be forgotten yeah, that Dallas here, sucks. Dallas. Dallas sucks. But uh, I don't have a problem with the stars, so I'm kind of neutral on them. Uh, I find it very funny. I, I, for some reason, don't like Ryan Suter. I think it's because I had to watch him in Minnesota when he just sucked in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then he just decided to be good against Minnesota in the playoff series. I just don't like Ryan Suter very much for, for no reason. Okay, so you're, you've got more why. anti-Dallas bias because of... Suter on top of that. Yeah. Yes. 
And Dallas sucks, obviously. Obviously, obviously. I've got the Oilers and the Leafs towards the bottom of my list. I think it's very funny when the Oilers lose. They also have Vander Kane, so fuck him. Uh, and I don't want to see... I want to see McDavid kind of featured, and I want to see him succeed. But, like, it's also very funny when they don't, so I'm kind of on board for that. Uh, the Leafs, we just kind of discussed it all. I think it's very funny when the Leafs lose, and seeing their fan base melt down makes me feel you know, a little better about my shitty fandom. And then finally, last on the list, with a bullet, are the New Jersey Devils. I want no joy in the Mudville, that is Newark. No joy for the Devils, ever, okay? War criminals, almost ruined hockey in the 90s. Never forget. I'm going to be salty about this till the day I die. Fuck the Devils. Yeah, no, the Devils, and they're not going to win. Like, Carolina... I think they're winning this series easily. I think so. so too. I think so too. I I'm in a weird point with Edmonton because like on one hand, I want Connor McDavid. I want to watch as much of Connor McDavid as I possibly can. But on the other hand, I I'm it's like I'm rooting against the the Oilers because I know that like I just have this hope that like McDavid just gets tired of the bullshit and he demands a trade. We've talked about this before. Like I just want that so bad. I want him to pull a Patrick Waugh and during the game, go up to the gym and be like, I'm never playing for your team ever again. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want, Steve. It would be something else if that happened. It'd be. I need a trade like that. The NHL needs a spicy ass trade like that to happen. It needs a lot of spicy stuff to happen. And I have some good quotes that I'm going to read on that later as far as the NHL maybe doing some spiciness out there. But I had three questions for you before we move on from the playoffs here. Okay. So as far as the Stanley cup final with what's left, it's interesting because a lot of the big markets were already eliminated. I mean, both New York teams were the Islanders and the Rangers already eliminated Boston eliminated. They were the presumptive favorites, uh, Colorado eliminated. They were last year's champion. Denver is a very big market. So that leaves us with some not so big markets, but some exciting possibilities. So my first question what is the best Stanley Cup final for viewership and growing the game? So I think the best, honestly, I think the best, if you want both at the same time, would be Toronto, Vegas. I think because, Toronto, Vegas would be a lot of fun. Yeah, because Toronto, you got the viewership. And in Vegas, like hockey is already huge in Vegas. Like Vegas has embraced hockey Big time. I saw it firsthand. I lived out there for a couple of years. But I think, I don't know. It's still like such an untapped hockey market. And I think if they went to the final again and if they won, that city, like we we would all of a sudden start seeing a totally different region of the United States playing hockey a lot. Um, and it would, I don't know, like it would be cool to see people from the desert like grow up like kids from the desert grow up playing hockey and then making it to the NHL potentially one day. Like Austin you know, Matthews. I think like Austin Matthews, you know? And the cool thing about Vegas is it's such a diverse city. Like you got people from every every race, creed, religion, whatever it is. Like it's such it's like so many cool possibilities. Um if, you know, a kid gets sinks his teeth into hockey and then loves it. They move on like who knows like we could it could 
we could get a little more diversity in the NHL. Oh, imagine that. So, Wouldn't that be nice? Imagine that. So that'd be really cool, I think. It would be cool. I think that's a really interesting interesting choice right there. Yeah. I kind of I'm kind of into that as far as like the the viewership and growing the game option there cuz like I don't know if the stars are a sexy enough option to really grow anything out there. Um the Kraken are interesting. I just I don't know if they play an exciting enough style. Like I feel like if you have an exciting team come out of the West. I feel like it's got to be either the Oilers or the Knights, really. That The winner of that matchup is really the one if you want that, like, I don't know, the best TV audience, kind of. So, I was going to say, my other pick would be Florida and Edmonton. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Because, first of all, you'd have Kachuk versus um, McDavid, which would be super fun. And then... You have Edmonton, which is like a very established hockey market, but then you got Florida, which is, you know, kind of struggled with attendance over the years. And like if they got really good and they went on a deep, deep run and they had this Matthew Kachuk guy that all these kids in Fort Fort Lauderdale, Sunrise, Florida could look up to, like that could grow that market, I think. It it, it does have that potential. It does have that potential. I mean, the Panthers was their only cup appearance in 96 against the avalanche is that it for them i believe i believe so and i but that was a huge run for them that's where all the rats originated scott mellenby and his infinite sadness and all that like that they had some good momentum then that's just been completely diminished since then so it would be cool to see that possibility so yeah i think those are both like really interesting possibilities up there i think carolina is also good i mean again not the most exciting team out there but uh you know pretty they've won already though they have won but but it hasn't been low-key an amazing hockey market that's true you got that that's 100 percent true like low-key people don't pay enough respect to raleigh as a really good hockey market i kind of like the idea of pants oilers i think that's really good i will say though this wouldn't be good for like viewership growing the game, but this leads to my second question, which is the most entertaining Stanley Cup final. I think Oilers Leafs would be yes. maybe the most entertaining Stanley Cup final of all time. Easily. It would go seven games and there'd be a billion goals scored. It would cause a literal civil war in Canada. Yeah. You have the Canadian civil so war. Fun. You'd have McDavid versus Austin Matthews, which is just a matchup for the ages, like two superstars in the, the Crosby Ovechkin mold of old. It would be so awesome. Like, I, I don't know. I can't see a better matchup than that. That's what I'm pulling for now. Like I kind of want Oilers Leafs. Like TNT would shit a brick because they wouldn't get any American household. I mean, they get guys like us, but you know, they'd be missing like some of the major American markets. But I mean, those are two of the biggest Canadian markets right there, especially Toronto. And it would be fucking fun. It would be amazing. Like I just can't imagine the 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 sound in those arenas if that series ends up becoming a thing, it'd be wild. I'd have to watch that in surround sound just to get the full atmosphere. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I like a couple of the other matchups you said. I really think uh, Panthers Oilers would be a ton of fun. I think that'd be a blast. I think seeing like the I think the Leafs versus almost anybody would also be fun up there. And the same thing with the Oilers. I think the Oilers playing almost any team from the East would be a lot of fun. Now, what's the least entertaining Stanley Cup final you could think of of these remaining teams? 
So for this, I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna say Seattle, Carolina. Seattle, Carolina is real system based right there. The reason why I say Carolina is because like they just have so many injuries. And if they had all if they had their full team fully healthy, they would be the team that I'm rooting for by far the most. Oh, I would be but putting more s- money down on them to win if they were fully healthy. Agreed. But like they would also be more fun to watch. And like they're fun to watch right now, but like I I don't know. I just feel like they're they're missing so many pieces and they're just not playing the game that like they could. Um and Seattle is just like we were talking about them before. Like it's not like they're boring to watch, but it's there's not like a sexy name in there though. There's not a marketable no. like there's not a McDavid, there's not a Matthews, there's not a Kachuk. It, that's the same thing with Carolina. Like don't get me wrong, I love Sebastian Ajo. I love Jacob Slavin, but like they don't really there's no like one guy on either of those teams where it's just like wow, that he is the dude. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. I think Seattle, New Jersey would be pretty rough too. And again, like New Jersey's got Jack Hughes, who's a lot of fun to watch, but like, eh, that doesn't really move it for me. The Stars, New Jersey, Stars, Canes, like uh, Stars, Canes feels like such a '90s matchup right there. Honestly, yeah, it does. Yeah, and then like, like Knights, Devils. Ugh, I don't know. It just like doesn't sound good. Yeah, the night I, I'm actively rooting against the Knights until they change that stupid uniform. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm being very public about this. I don't care. John Ta- John Taffer is upset with you. He wants you to shut it down. Shut it down. You're a disgrace to your family. Do something, John Taffer. Do something. Do something. Do anything. You won't. He won't. Won't do shit. But yeah, won't do a, won't do a damn thing. So I I think I think I want one of the Oilers or the Leafs in there. I really do because I think that would just be. That'd be fun to have one of the big superstars and one of the big Canadian markets involved and give Canada that glimmer of hope. You know, they deserve it. Yeah. They're not. They've been waiting around a little bit. It would be fun to see them. in. They're not the worst country in the world. They're definitely not. No, not at all. So Canada brings us to our final topic of the night, which is a very interesting one. The Ottawa Senators have been for sale team for sale. And they've been for sale for a minute now since Melnick just kind of, you know, died he sucked i can talk about it like that and there the rumor for a while has been ryan reynolds of deadpool theme and waiting i guess if you're into that or uh, you know van wilder Van Wilder. yeah you got that ryan reynolds has been the big name and i think especially given his recent history with sports teams with uh wrexham over there you know is a very popular option amongst all the and he is also notably canadian so very, very popular option with a lot of fan bases. And he's a great face for the league to have involved with ownership. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. But if there's one guy who is cooler than Ryan Reynolds that could have entered the arena to compete for Ottawa Senators ownership, he recently got in to the ring here. And that would be Snoop Dogg. That's right. He's been D-O-double-G, baby. He's been Snoop Doggy Dog. He's been Snoop Lion. Just straight up Snoop Dogg. He's apparently part of a group that is competing with Ryan Reynolds' group for ownership of the Ottawa Senators, which is just what times we are living in. I need as long as one of them gets the the uh, Senators. I don't care who. 
I really don't. I, I wish they would just combine their forces and go in together because that would be amazing. Like Marshawn Lynch It'd is involved with incredible. the Kraken, right? Yes. Marshawn Lynch is a Kraken, like, like minority owner. I, I love it. I love it. I want more of this stuff. And I read some really great quotes from Snoop in the athletic regarding NHL marketing ownership. So I'm just going to read a couple of these real quick. So the first one, I want Ottawa because Ottawa wants me. It's a thriving city. The team is going to make a U-turn once we get ownership. The players are inspired. The community is inspired. I felt like this is what Ottawa needs. So, for like, Snoop is serious about this. Like, he really does want in on this. He's not just, like, a guy who's just like, eh. No, like, he likes hockey, and he wants hockey to grow, and he sees a potential in the Ottawa We all know about this because, as big Claude Giroux fans... And obviously big hockey fans like we've seen the little moves the Senators have done, especially since Meldick died, that have made them into an exciting up and coming team. I mean, looking at the team, not only do you have our boy Claude Giroux, who just I miss him every goddamn day. Gee, if you're listening, we love and miss you so much. But they have Tim Stutzla. They have Brady Kachuk. There are some just exciting Alex DeBrinkett, like exciting young talent in Ottawa right now. You know what's crazy? Snoop Dogg's only 51 years old. He's been around forever. For some reason, I thought he was older. It's because he's been doing his thing <laughs> since the mid-90s, the early to mid-90s. Yeah. Like he's, and he's always just been the coolest guy. It's uh, fantastic. I, I just... God, could you imagine him as an owner of an NHL team? It would be amazing. I would love that so much. I remember Are you listening, Comcast? For the love of God, yeah, Comcast, Comcast, come on, let's do it. Give Snoop a piece of the pie. Okay. I want Snoop here every day. Just being fucking awesome. Okay. I want Snoop in this Flyers ownership. All right, let's make it happen. I remember he used to do a voiceover for the NHL video game where he would like show up in the, uh, in the press box in the video game. I actually had to turn that off because it was this, it got annoying. It was the same one every time. And I'm like, I love you, Snoop, but like, it's the same one every time. Yeah, but it was a cool idea, though. It was a cool idea. He does it. He does that in real life every once in a while, too, though. And he's great when he does it in real life. He's great. Like, well, and he's a guy you can tell actually cares about the game. And I saw some other quotes from him saying, like, I want to encourage more people who look like me to get into this game. That's so great. Like, because we talked about this a lot, like. Hockey is a real fucking white sport. It is not a diverse yes. sport. And we need diversity to have this game to continue to thrive and be awesome. Like, I, it's stunning, the lack of diversity in hockey to this day. And we need guys like Snoop and Marshawn Lynch to get involved and help grow this game properly. And that's why I think it would be cool if, like, if Vegas goes all the way and wins the cup. Like, so many, like, you know... I, like, there's obviously a huge Hispanic population in, in Las Vegas. Like, how cool would it be to see, like, Hispanic players coming in and playing ice hockey? Like, who could have seen that coming, you know? Um, same thing with... Now, granted, this is not going to be happening anytime soon. But, like, imagine if Arizona got really good one day. And then, like, the like that city is a very diverse city, too. Like, I don't know. It's just, I would love to see new faces, different colored people coming in because right now it's just so, it's so snow white in the NHL and it's really just, 
a bummer. It is a bummer. I want to see more. It's fun. It's fun to have different faces in this game. I want everyone to play. Like, I, I want everyone to play my sport. Anyone. I don't care who you are. If you want to play, you should be able to play. And it, yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah. Absolutely. And we've we've also talked about this, just like the watered down personalities in the game. That's one of the great <laughs> things David. about diversity is that it brings these other personalities to light and injects some more fun into the game that we're just sorely lacking. And McDavid's an interesting one because that's the other Snoop quote I wanted to bring up here from the Athletic article where uh, Snoop says they don't know how to market like McDavid. He's the number one hockey player in the world. Why doesn't he have commercials everywhere? Exactly. He's got one commercial I could think of, and that's got Gretzky in it too. And I think it's for a gambling website, but like he should be doing everything. Like why doesn't he have, I don't even know. Like, I guess you can't give hockey players a sneaker, but like, why not give him a fucking sneaker? Part of me wonders if he even wants to do those things because he seems like someone who would be so boring that he wouldn't even want to do commercials and stuff. But the thing is just have, his game highlights in these commercials. And that's all you need. Like if you just show McDavid highlights, every fucking chance you get, people will want to watch hockey because he's just so much fun to watch on the ice. Like, why aren't they showing him and Matthews out there just doing their thing? Pasternak, you know, Kachuk, fun young players who just light the fucking net on fire but Snoop's right. They don't know how to market. And that's another reason we need an outside perspective to come in. Like guys who can actually show this league how to friggin' market and appeal to people who aren't just the same people who have been watching hockey for 30 years. It drove me crazy when PK Subban was at his peak in the NHL on the Canadians because the NHL like hardly marketed him. And he is the most marketable dude, like for many reasons. Like one, he's good as fuck at hockey. Two, he's super fun. He's like a really like charismatic guy with a big personality. And three, he looks different from everyone else. Like you, that is your ticket to making the game more more diverse is showing everyone like, hey, one of the best players in the NHL is P.K. Subban and look how much fun he is and look how much fun he's having playing this sport. Imagine that. Somebody having fun playing hockey. Yeah. Those are the best things Wild. like the all-star games actually do or the skills competitions, right? Because nobody gives a shit about the actual all-star game. But when the skill competitions are actually going well and they're fun... It's because they're fun. Is the guys are smiling. They're doing something interesting. Like Trevor Zegras is out there doing some crazy shit. You know, like when guys are smiling and enjoying the game of hockey, that's when it's actually fun. Amazing. I I can't believe the correlation there. Right. Yeah. And it's just no. Snoop's right. The NHL needs to be better at doing this stuff. And um, you know, it's it's just a shame that McDavid is who's literally the most boring person on the face of the entire planet. Like. It's a shame that he's the best in the world. I wish someone who's more fun would be the best in the world, but well, you know, hopefully Connor Bedard can have a little bit more life to him. Please, Connor. Please not only Bedard. have more more energy than Connor McDavid, but also come to the Philadelphia Flyers. Be a flyer. Be a flyer. Yes, be a fucking be flyer. A flyer. Elaine Vigneault That's said right. one right thing his entire tenure, and it was be a fucking flyer. Come on, Connor. We don't bite. Much. Much. I mean, I bite a decent amount, to be honest. But uh, that that draft lottery. When's that coming up? That's good. So... May 8th, Monday. Oh, my God. It's around the corner. Oh, God. That's right. It's coming. Wow. Wow. That is 
weird, wild stuff right there. I've said that a few times, thinking of Carson today. But, whew, I didn't even realize it was that close. Hold on to your butts. It's it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, again, obviously, I want number one, even though it's only 6.5% odds. But I would gladly move up to two and get Fantilli. Give me Fantilli. Give me whoever. I don't care. I just want some high-end talent. Just some high-end goddamn talent on the Philadelphia Flyers. And the Dallas Stars just went up one nothing in their game. But uh, as we've seen, that might not last. Seattle. They're going to make a comeback. They probably will. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, Big D is up one nothing. <sighs> well, regardless of what happens with the Senators, we've at least got a couple interesting names that know a lot more about marketing than anybody in the NHL currently. So I, I welcome whoever comes in, but if Snoop doesn't get in on this time, for the love of God, get him in on some team. Uh, how about Arizona? That would be amazing. Would he would rock the shit out of a Coyotes Kachina Jersey. He would. I wouldn't be surprised if he's worn one already. He probably has. I mean, he was the guy who like made the freaking robo penguin Jersey look cool back in the nineties. Yeah. Robo Penguin. Uh, when I'm doing Robo Penguin robot impressions, it's time to go. I'm a little tired, so it is time to go. So, Quigs, we're going to wrap up, but real quick, did the Eagles draft enough Georgia Bulldogs last weekend? No, they need to draft like the entire other half of the team. <laughs> <laughs> Howie Roseman. They only have one half win. of it. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that where they just said, this is the best defense, we're going to get every guy from it. He's a king. I love him. He's a, a short king over there. Is he regular size? I don't know. Regular size Rudy? No, he's tiny. He's little, yeah. little Howie. Little but man. Little man, huge set of balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Quigs, we're going to sign off. But if you have any feedback, where can people find you? On twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Ugh, why? You can and should follow me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. Anything to plug on your work for either BroadStreetHockey.com or the Hockey News? Uh, obviously, stay tuned here at Broad Street Hockey Radio to listen to Fly Perbly and the flagship show. And at the Hockey News, I have just started my series of the Flyers Thumbs Up, Thumbs Down series. Um, tomorrow, which is Friday, because we were recording this on a Thursday night, I am releasing the Tony D'Angelo uh, thumbs up, thumbs down story. So, oh, uh, you better I, watch your tone. I, I bet you have. <laughs> I bet you have no idea if I'm going to give him a thumbs up or thumbs down. So, um, yeah, it's been a fun series, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing that throughout the next month and uh, throughout the off season. Watch your goddamn tone. <laughs> sorry, Tony. Uh, sorry, not sorry. I haven't done a Cole Beasley in a minute. There you go. I kind of forgot about the uh, another little guy. <laughs> little guy over there with uh, not so big balls. But yes, too much ball talk on this one. All right, folks, you can find him at Ryan Quiggs. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb if it's for hockey purposes. Make it. Fly Purbly. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Fly Purbly is also on the TikToks and the Instagrams over there. And also Broad Street Hockey. 
we kind of put up the little paywall right now, but if you are already subscribing, we love you. You're awesome. Thank you for subscribing. We really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. We really welcome you aboard. And there is some great tangy tent being put out there by our very, very talented and lovely writers. They're all beautiful people, let me tell you. But yeah, get on that if you haven't already. Folks, thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow wow. Wow wow. Wow wow. Wow wow. Wow wow. What is up Astros fans? This is Jeff Balky and my partner former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast that's B-L-E-A-V on Apple Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.